Welcome to Lost Link, the podcast with Muff Barber and Yogi Nickerson, where CL data is disabled and no topic is off limits about unmanned aircraft or the United States Air Force. The views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the participants and do not represent the United States Air Force, the Department of Defense, or any other federal agency. This podcast contains some profane language and is not suitable for all audiences. Muff here. Before we get to the next episode, I'm going to apologize for the publication delays lately. As you know, Yogi's deployed. Uh, I recently got a promotion, moved on to a new job, and uh, family obligations uh, as well. All those things are going to contribute to some gaps in publication every now and again. And right now, all those things are kind of conspiring to create a gap that's longer than desired. So uh, rest assured, we haven't abandoned the project, and there are more episodes coming. Uh, we've received a lot of feedback and requests lately from listeners and intend to address as much of that as we can in coming episodes. So thanks for listening and please keep your feedback coming. It, it really is greatly appreciated. And now on to the show. All right, Yogi, uh, looks like you and I are lost link uh, once again. This time I've been telling people that you are you're deployed and uh, you're actually coming to us live from uh, your deployed location. Uh, glad we're able to actually do this. A remote podcast for a uh, podcast about remote warfare. It's awesome. <laughs> Finally, it had to happen yeah. at some point, right? Um, is my is my deployment location like a uh, confidential? I don't know how confidential it is. They normally tell you not to, not to talk about it. But, yeah, I mean, there's right. plenty of other people there who are not deployed. So, <laughs> so maybe it doesn't... Uh, doesn't matter. Ah, screw it. Let's just say it. You're uh, you're coming to us live from Germany. We were over there participating in the planning and the coordination of American efforts in UCOM. Since we are Lost Link, uh, I think maybe uh, this would be a good episode to talk about uh, the Air Force Strat system and kind of stack ranking uh, more general. I think it's a subject that's important to everyone's career. Uh, obviously, like less so when you're a lieutenant, but once you're uh, a captain, just starting to roll in, like thinking about becoming a major, uh, it has more of an impact on you than than you think, and you don't really get that understanding until about that time. And it turns out the previous five six years of your Air Force career were uh, helping lead into that. So I think more people have a, a healthier uh, mindset and experience in the air force uh, the sooner they understand how it all works they can kind of come to come to grips and to terms with it uh and just understand the water that they're swimming in right um the dirty dirty water <laughs> so uh you were a previous ds uh at the 20th so you've got ah, a, that i was that so, i was so you've got a little bit of a a, a deeper understanding of the you know behind closed doors like functioning uh of this and uh spent a bit more time dealing with it uh, directly so i want to ask you in your words what is the strat system uh 
Um, so it's a it's a stack ranking program where I think you're going to talk about a little more of the historics of that later. Yeah. But the, the basics yeah. of what it is is you're going to take everybody in certain categories at the say at the squadron, and you're going to go you're going to rank them one to n, where n is the the last person in that category. So for example, you're going to take all your pilots, you're going to rank them one to n. You're going to take all your captains, you're going to rank them number one to number N, whoever's however many you got. Um, and then that number over how many the denominator, how many people were in that category, the number that was assigned to you is, is your stratification. It's like number one of 30 captains, number five of 300 captains, right? Um, that's basically what it is. And there's different levels and tiers. So what's uh, the, this, what are our tiers like the primary category and then levels or is it levels and then tiers? So tiers is the category. So it would be like captains, pilots. You have some hybrid categories, which are like uh, CGO, which combines captains and lieutenants. Um, and, but those are like your, those are your tiers. And the more, the closer they have to do with like officership and the more competitive they are, the the better the tier is. So you want a competitive tier. You want your, your strat that shows up on your OPR to be the competitive, to be the most competitive tier category possible. So for a captain, that's going to be the captain category. Um, for a lieutenant, that's going to be the, CGO category and the reason and that's kind of weird but the reason that is is because if you are stratted as a CGO as a lieutenant that means you beat a bunch of captains to get into the the uh, high enough strat that it can be listed um against captains as a lieutenant right and that's why as a captain competing as a CGO is not as important because the the, the denominator is padded out by a bunch of lieutenants who you're expected to be better than um, in terms of the stratification process. Um, so there's there's a little bit where the tiers kind of like start to overlap like that, where whether, whether CGO is good for you or, or not as competitive for you, depending on whether what part of the CGO you're coming from. But basically the more officer pure the, the strat is, so like captain, major, the lieutenant, like that kind of stuff is better than say functional tiers which is like pilot, sensor operator, instructor, right? That have to do with like kind of your job or your position. Those are not as valuable in general. So that's um, that's what I would call a tier, right? So you have your higher tiers and your lower tiers based on that kind of de delineation. I recently had to uh, stratify uh, LR pilots. <laughs> it's like... So now we're talking subcategory of uh, of a subcategory. It's like okay, yeah. So it's even it's even less competitive, right? So um, that would be less valuable, right? And this was my argument. It's a smaller like, pool. They need to be in the larger pool of pilots. The sub the subcategories of the is. It's not valuable. I mean, if they're going to get nothing else, then great. Throw them on there for something, right? Uh, 
And this belies like the importance of the strat system. Everybody's got to have a strat of some sort, right? If you if there's no strat on there, you had you had a terrible performance report. Yeah, right, right. Um, all right. So we have tiers, levels, categories. Um, well, le- levels. So we talked about tiers. Levels is squadron, group, wing. So like what organizational level the 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 strat is assigned. So you start out if if you're in the squadron, you start out getting stratified as a squadron, and then they will take the top thirty percent or so from the squadron, let's say squadron captains, and then they will meet with all the other squadron commanders at a group strat session. And then they're going to hash out who's at the top to get group strats as a group captain. Yeah. Top of that. And then the top top 30 and then the top of that that 30% top of that list is going to go up to the wing where all the group commanders are going to hash out who's going to be in the top 30% of the wing captains list. And then so on and so forth, all the way up to like headquarters Air Force. Yeah. Um, and where does this so? Uh, where did where do uh, awards and uh, decorations and things like that fit into this system? So I would say that the stratification is kind of the the launching pad for a lot of things in your record that that are needed um to discriminate you as a high performing officer to get you the promotions that you need but there are a few things that are inputs to strat that can influence it now largely the the biggest input on stratification is what your commander thinks about you right like he sits down and like he ultimately crafts and signs the strat level the strat at whatever level and cat and tier your, your work you're currently being observed uh worked on um but like certain like awards that you win during a given year quarterly um, awards up, you know pilot of the quarter ip of the quarter yeah, flight commander yeah. of the quarter captain of cgo of the quarter blah 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 like all that stuff wing cgo of the of the quarter wing cgo of the year right starts making a more objective case as an input towards stratification to increase your stratification so it can it can increase your stratification by itself. Also, if you're like at say you're at a group board and your squadron commander is trying to decide whether you fit over or above someone else in a group strat session from from another squadron, if you have these wing awards and stuff and the other guy doesn't, that's an easy discriminator where they can put you on top of him when they're putting together the different squadron strat board uh squadron strat books because they're called the excel sheets that have all these are called strat books then when they're putting that together then they can decide like hey this guy uh, is better because he's got a bunch of awards and this the easy discriminator over this other guy so we'll make him number two we'll make this guy with the wing award number one so um upgrades is also another um input into stratification so like pile like if you if you're an instructor early on you've got like evaluator early on or something like that that can uh-huh. that can be a easy discriminator to help bump you up over people who don't at different levels as well but really besides those two things you've got just like what your commander thinks about you based on your, your interaction with him and what his opinion of your qualities and um then the stratification 
is basically the the input on a whole bunch of other outputs in your record. So it's going to really affect your, it shows up as a number on your OPR. Off, and officer performance the, report. Yeah, uh, on, the, on the push line. And it, 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 there can be multiple strats and there can be on your, your Raider and your senior Raider can both have strats potentially, um, depending on what the conventions of your wing are or whatever. But um, that number is the single most important part of your OPR. Everything yeah. else, everything else, like even the, the push, so like what job you should go to next your duty title, who the people that are signing. Um, so like who your senior rater is and who your senior rater is. Yeah. Um, the higher ranking those people are, the stronger your OPR is in general. Um, that Those are all more or less functions of stratification. And then stratification also has to, will affect your promotion board how well whether you get selected for acsc or even a better type of school when you're going up for ide yeah. uh, after a major um, and all this other stuff so um we're talking about strat stratification and and as a in the air force a form of stack ranking because it's the way that the air force decides how valuable you are to the organization relative to your peers and whether you're going to get promoted and move up the other way. So like it has some inputs, but it is largely the currency of the realm in terms of what, who you are and how the organization perceives you. Okay. Uh, so these things normally show up on your officer performance report. Um, how often were they doing strat sessions? I think they're actually going to like two strat sessions a year and they're starting to codify. It should, it should be about twice a year. Because they're doing, uh, they're going to static closeout dates, right? Where oh, every yeah, yeah, yeah. every captain in the air force will have a performance report due, basically on <laughs> the same same day, right? Uh, and so leading yeah, into that's gonna that, be terrible. <laughs> leading into that, the the commanders are all going to get together to rack and stack uh, their people, right? Um, have you done like participated in a a strat board, like even at the squadron level? Like sat in the room and been uh, like, okay, let's talk about these people. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm just going to say yes. Yeah. Um, I've had to do a couple. They're, they're not fun. Um, and I want to, I want to read a, uh, a short passage from a Vanity Fair article that we're going to reference a lot. Uh, and in this one, they're describing what the strat session is at Microsoft. And it says on the first day, the supervisors, I mean, as, as many as 30, gather in a single conference room. The blinds are drawn and the doors are closed. There's a, there's a grid containing possible rankings uh, put up, sometimes on a whiteboard, sometimes on a poster board, uh, and everybody breaks out post-it notes. Names of team members are scribbled on the notes, and then each manager takes a turn placing the slips of paper into the grid boxes. Usually, though, the numbers don't work on the first go-around, and that is when the haggling begins. So we, we kind of alluded uh, to the haggling that happens at like group levels and, and wing levels where the, the individual commanders are uh, lobbying for their, their individuals. And there's a, 
the, the article continues, there are some pretty impassioned debates and the post-it notes end up being shuffled around for days so that we can meet this bell curve, which is, you know, top 30%, you got your middle 50, 60%, and then your bottom uh, 20, 10%, whatever it is. Um, it doesn't always work out well. I myself have had to give rankings to people that they didn't deserve because of this forced curve. And the best way to guarantee a higher ranking, executive said, is to keep in mind the realities of those behind-the-scenes debates. Every employee has to impress not only his or her boss, but bosses from other teams as well. And that means schmoozing and brown-nosing as many supervisors as possible. <laughs> and I kind of think that's, uh, that is not entirely unrealistic, uh, like that system and though that quote is applicable to the Air Force. I mean, it's just kind of human nature, right? And it's uh, when you hear words like brown nosing and schmoozing, you don't, those aren't good words. <laughs> now, the, the human being learns the system that he's operating in and begins to optimize it subconsciously if not and optimizes himself subconsciously or uh or even consciously to 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 be received within that said game yeah. or system um and if he doesn't he sucks right so um it's about what incentives your system puts on people um or what it does to them right so uh but like we the air force came to this out of other systems for promotion, historically speaking, you had senior like seniority based systems where um, basically whoever was the been around the longest got the got the promotion. Um, and so and then it was just kind of like as people trickled out, you know, people moved up. But until then. You know, it would just based on who's been around the longest. And that would be so, ir irrespective of skill or talent or yep, brains. Yep. And the U.S. Navy and Army used to do this quite a bit, like especially outside of wartime. Um, uh, during like what in, time frame? In, like, 1700s, 1800s. Okay. Like er, early 1900s. Yeah. Um, and then during wartime, you get a lot of. Uh, you'd get a lot of like a commander's discretion or like, you know, war battlefield promotion type things where the commander within his sphere of influence of the unit would just say, I need you to be the Lieutenant, right? Like you're the, you're the guy, I don't care, Like you're the guy that I need with the qualities that I need. I don't care about anything else. how long you've been around, whose daddy you are or who's, who's your daddy, any of that stuff. Like you're the dude that I need to leave these troops in the battle you're now the lieutenant or you're the captain or whatever, right? You are the um, captain spear of a uh, band of brothers fame, <laughs> right? When yeah, you're, exactly. When right? you're thrown in to lead these men into this town. <laughs> yeah. So seniority obviously has its issues, which you already talked to. I don't even think it's really even worth going into, but uh, you know, basically the, the more talented people are just frustrated that they can't hop the fucking old, fo the old fogies who are just sitting at the top above them in the positions. And it's demotivating for everybody. The commander's discretion system has perceived issues as well because you don't know why someone is promoting that person. Now, in 
in wartime, we hope that they're promoting the best people because that's what they have to do, right? And in the the speed of battle and and the and and the need to just get the best leaders on the front lines, it adds some clarity. Uh, the and clarity, the immediacy, right? right? But as soon as you get out of that wartime environment, you the promotions get opened up to charges of nepotism. You know, you get that the guy's just picking his friends or his friend's sons or whatever, right? Um, and it's not fair. Um, and so the Air Force adopted a stack ranking program to try to have some of the to, to, to get away from the, the entrenched lack of mobility of of the seniority system and to make it more fair than the commander's discretion system. And we pulled a lot of it, as you alluded to, from Jack Welch and some of the stuff that companies were starting to do in the 90s. Um, you want to go into that a little more? Yeah, so there's a guy, a very famous CEO. His name is Jack Welch. He was the CEO of... Uh, General Atomics, or sorry, General Atomics, <laughs> General Electric, um, Thomas Edison's old company, uh, from, based from 1981 to 2001, so 20 years, right? And in the early 80s, GE was, you know, competent company, been around for, you know, 100 years or so, and they did electrical stuff. Uh, but they weren't this like massive powerhouse of a of a company, and the so Jack Welch takes over and he starts he decides that he needs to implement this kind of stack ranking system um, as part of a series of other modifications to the way that the company works. Um, and his stack ranking system basically stated that you've got your top like twenty percent. Then you've got kind of like the the necessary middle uh, of the company, right? Your middle, we'll call it sixty or seventy percent, and that leaves twenty to thirty, twenty to ten percent or so of people at the bottom, uh, and everybody has to fit into this curve and be given a rack, uh, a ranking within that relative to their peers. So this is the the one of number one of a hundred, number thirty of. 100, uh, etc. And the logic here is that like a company is not obligated, obligated in any sense to fire people, right? You could always have the exact same people for your entire, you know, as long until they just leave on their own accord, right? Because they retire yeah. or, or get out. But, uh, as the business, uh, world, uh, if you want to remain competitive, maybe you need to evolve a little bit. So if I just shave off the bottom 10%, I can hire another young 10% to come in there. And now maybe they have are of higher talent and they move up. So I'm constantly like shaving off the bottom to give me an opportunity to get higher quality talent on the next round of hiring that we do, right? And uh, So ov overall, overall, the performance of the employees on the whole would increase over time as we just keep lopping off the the lower performing and then pulling in more, right? Like overall we would vector up is the idea, right? Yes. From a 
top-down perspective. Now, that has some negative externalities, I think is the, the word in economics, right? So when you make that change, it, it, most human-centered systems are what you would call uh, type 2 chaotic. So when you change the input, like you're dramatically changing what happens in the dynamics of the entire system. And you, you, you basically cannot really predict what happens. Um, and in Jack Welch's case, that's kind of what happened. But in, before this like really started to like metastasize and manifest, uh, everybody else was trying to get into this game. Jack Welch is like on the cover of Forbes magazines and he's writing books and he is like the CEO's CEO. Everybody loves this dude. Uh, and, and largely because GE starts making gains uh, and growing. They get into aviation, start making fucking engines and stuff for uh, Boeing and everybody else you can think of until like into the 2000s. They're doing uh, GE Finance. Like their biggest moneymaker for the company is no longer general or electric it's very specific and it is financial right so they basically turn themselves into a bank with all these other side jobs of you know electrical okay. things I didn't, and, I didn't uh, know that. <laughs> and uh and then you know fast forward to the collapse of the the financial markets in 2008 and all that stuff and ge took a took a huge hit because they were just playing in that same game um that is somewhat tangential to the point being made here though uh, but everybody's like getting on involved on board with the Jack Welch way of managing things because GE's yeah it's the exploding. it's the new hotness yes but but it's, it's the new hotness but it's occurring for other reasons and everybody's biting off on uh, this you know part part of this is the uh, stack ranking system when all the real gains the are being correlation made. yes right Co correlation so, is not causation thing yeah okay so this got real big in like the tech circles and things like that and we both know that the air force is heavily motivated uh or i don't want to say motivated but by uh, silicon valley yeah well uh, silicon valley penis envy yeah <laughs> yeah we're basically trying to model their innovation uh <laughs> style because uh, we're the most innovative branch so like we, we we're like spirit brothers <laughs> let's have tdy's to Silicon Valley to learn how they do it and then realize that we can't do that because we're in a hierarchical organization that can't just hire and fire people at a, on a whim. But anyway, uh, so everybody's getting involved uh, with this stack ranking system and the Air Force like really starts leaning in to this thing. Now, Microsoft, Adobe, uh, Google, there's like all these massive companies that are like really getting into this into the early 2000s. And this Vanity Fair article that, that I quoted earlier came out in uh, 2012, and this is uh, it's called Microsoft's. Uh, let me see. My goodness, uh, Microsoft's lost a decade. Its premise is that in the early 2000s, Microsoft was crushing everybody. Office and Windows is just smashing apple and adobe and every other company you can think of into the ground like with regards to like profits and revenues and things like that so microsoft is dominating the world uh i mean they okay. st they still do kind of uh but their reputation is not what it was and uh microsoft 
and during that decade blew a lot of leads they had on like cell phones and things like that because uh, they lost all that stuff too. The uh, companies like Apple and things like that, they were uh, maybe a, less, a little less bureaucratic. But yeah, they just they just became known for like Windows and Microsoft Office, right? Yeah, yeah, and they and they kind of got stuck there. If it was anything too dramatic, like outside of the the well worn path, then you know leadership and management was like, oh, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And like these projects and these ideas would just die on the vine uh, because there was risk involved. And this is the the outcome of a stack ranking system. You cannot afford to be the guy that failed. You can't be at the bottom of that list, <laughs> right? Uh, so there's, it's it's easiest to stay in the pocket and work on the things that you know work, which stifles innovation, etc. Um, so let me uh, read you uh, a little bit read more of this Daddy. Vanity Fair article. At the, center of the me, Daddy, read. <laughs> At the center of the cultural problems was a management system called Stack Ranking. Every current and former Microsoft employee I interviewed, every one cited Stack Ranking as the most destructive process inside of Microsoft, something that drove out untold numbers of employees. The system, also referred to as the performance model, the bell curve, or just the employee review, has with certain variations over the years, worked like this. Every unit was forced to declare a certain percentage of employees as top performers, then good performers, then average, then below average, then poor. If you were on a team of 10 people, you walked in the first day knowing that no matter how good everyone was, two people were going to get a great review, seven were going to get a mediocre review, and one was going to get a terrible review, said a former software developer. It leads to it leads to employees focusing on competing with each other rather than competing with other companies. End quote. Uh, yeah. And that's exactly uh, how it feels here. So what is, how would you say your group impacts your, uh, how, how, how aware are you of the year group that you are in? <laughs> uh i am hyper aware of the year group i'm in um i know they kind of don't want you to be it's kind of like uh you know if you're working at some other company like doing like a more entry-level job you're not supposed to know what other people's salaries are yeah because then you start comparing and like you know like oh i only make eight dollars an hour but this guy makes 12 and do the same work like what the fuck right um, they kind of want you to gloss over, just like gloss over the, the, the wage differences. They want you to pretend that you're not in the same year group as someone. Right. And that you're, you're not, you're not competing desperately for the same strats and the same rankings yeah. all of the time in every category. So someone in your year group is your most direct competitor. And if, and if you don't understand that, cause year group is, it's year group is a tier category. Yep. Uh, you're probably going to be competing in the same. You're going as well. You're going to be competing in the same like captain CGO category. You're probably barking up the same tree in terms of like instructor or pilot, right? Uh -huh. Depending on where you are, right? So this this person 
and and in the same squadron, the same group, the same wing. So these people are like directly in your fucking way, like I, or or they're nipping at your heels. And if you do not understand that about how this system works, like then then you're just being ignorant or, or blithe to the fact that this is how it works, right? Um, and so I am I'm 2012. I am hyper aware. It's like one of the first things I sussed out when I got to the 29th. I was like, who's in the 20? Who's in the 2012 year group? I was like, this guy, this guy, this guy. Okay, cool. And like, <laughs> and then I want to keep tabs on them. I want to keep tabs on like what they're working on, what they're doing relative to me, right? And in a way that I'm not quite as aggressive with like other people, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of people do this, even though you're not supposed to, right? You're supposed to be team oriented and like, it's just going to play out the way it is. But like, that's not, the system doesn't encourage that if, is what if, I would say. If I was a 2012 system encourages captain. you to be a Sorry, go ahead. If I was a 2012 captain, like, there's a reasonable sh- chance that we wouldn't be doing this right now. <laughs> we'd be we'd be too uh, too like leery of the other person. <laughs> uh yeah, and I mean, I might be more competitive, like more of a competitive, aggressive fuck when it comes to that kind of stuff, than like then it's probably healthy maybe. But, um, <laughs> I, I would say, I would say you're right. There's probably like, if you were, if you were, if you were a 2012 person, I'd be like a little bit more, eh, you know, like I wouldn't want to share my good ideas with you or whatever as much. Right. Um, you're supposed to be team oriented and like agnostic of all of that. And you want to appear team oriented to your leadership so that they don't see that you're playing this game. Cause if you, if you get caught, playing this game like they'll probably punish you for that yeah but but like you are playing the game it's just about not getting caught and like it's about jostling for the better jobs for about getting the better projects the the group and upgrades before the other people in your year group right like that's stuff you want it's like if there's dudes, if there's a dude who's got like f- higher upgrades than me in my year group, it's like, dude, I need to get those. I need to be on par or past him ASAP, you know, if I want to have a chance at jumping him yeah. in the strat list. So it's kind of it, like a, it motivate. It's kind of like the DG systems at, at schools uh, or professional military education. Like you don't want to you, yeah. you know, it's important, but you don't want to be the guy that's like acknowledging its importance. Right. Because. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Well, at SOS, you get like everybody, like in my class, everybody was like, So, who's interested in DGing? said the major flight commander to us. And not a single person raised their hand. But I know for a fucking fact, half that class was willing to like slit each other's throats over getting a DG. Yeah, what, position, a, what right? a disingenuous but, like, no, question. But no one raised their hands because no one raised their hands because they, they all knew like the, you know, the, the peer input of that game was part of the game right like killing people with kindness killing people with kindness was the way to actually kill them so that's what you wanted anyway um it has so we're we're gonna get into like some of the negative effects of the air force version of this i think but for all of you lieutenants or young captains out there we're like the reason we're talking about this is Understanding stratification is the single most important thing to getting you into a higher potential energy vector um, in the Air Force and like and not ignoring it too soon. 
so or not ignoring it till too late or leaving it till too late to start caring about it um when it when you actually need to have a as good a strategy possibly can as like mid captain um like maybe a year or two before your majors board and you and that's like really the the last time that you could really like change your impact because after after that you start to become pretty solidified and your mobile your stratification mobility starts to really congeal and slow down and at least in my opinion like once once you've hit major and hit your major board and stuff like that it becomes a lot harder just to like move you up or move you down. Whereas like Lieutenant and early captain, it's pretty free for all, like what your squadron commander can do for you. So you can just decide, you know what, you're the shit and like elevate you from the bottom to the top, right. As a Lieutenant. Um, and the sooner you can have that done, the better. So like you get into your new squadron, you want to be like trying to make instructors sooner rather than later. You want to be volunteering in a visible way. You want to be working on hard projects, you know, always be there so that you do get picked up in the stratification process, like even as a lieutenant. And that will carry on over towards captain stuff. And it builds a bunch of momentum where like it doesn't matter by itself, like what your lieutenant or early captain strats are. But those build momentum for like your late captain strats, which actually do matter. Um, and it shows a sustained record of performance as well. When you go to your majors board, um, which is strong as well, which so, then leads into um, like the first great kind of nut cut of the air force officer side is school select or non-select, right? If you were selected to attend air command and staff college or an equivalent in residence, boom, like you're now in the top, you know, 15 to 20%. I think it's actually 10% of everybody else that was competing for promotion that year. Right. And everybody knows that getting into, getting into school is like the vector into staff, which is then the vector into being a DO, which is then the vector into being a commander, right? And on that path. So that's like one of the first like major gates is going to school. It's not impossible. Yeah. A lot of people become those things without going to school in residence, etc. But if you can get that picked up or get picked up for that, then then great. You know you're on that route. You know what I mean? Yeah. My 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 point is that I think like the sooner that you can like consistently win some pretty high awards, um, like as a first lieutenant or early captain that can help elevate you and get some, you know, up before your peer upgrades. So like before any of your other people in your year group get selected for instructor, you want to be the first one to be selected. Right. And you want to prove that you're the dude for that. Um, this like, the, the game matters before it matters, I guess, if that's what, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, um, it gives you those stepping stones into when it matters above your other dudes. So you got to be trying to play that game. Like, as soon as you rock up to your first operational squadron, it's on, dude. Like, you need to start trying to do this stuff. Um, you need to be the best pilot. You need to get through MQT as you know, quickly and efficiently as possible. Impress some instructors so that the gossip starts uh around you right and you start getting tasked with yeah have the have the attitude on shift work that's like that you're not complaining or being lazy fuck about anything right and like wanting to work on projects when you're not flying you know actively pursue awards um 
Now you got to do all this without being very heinous or selfish or coming across as selfish in the way that you do it. So there's a balancing act there because if you, like I said, if you get caught being too selfish in the way that you pursue your own elevation, then like it'll come, it'll turn around on you. Like you gotta, you gotta catch the tiger by the tail and ride it by the tail essentially. Right. Yeah. Um, here. And like, it'll turn around and eat you if you're too aggressive. Um, but you, you absolutely are doing that, right? Like you're, you are absolutely trying to finagle your way with taste to be seen. And so that, that's what you got to do. You, that's my, that's why we're talking about it. We're talking about how to, or maybe like why it's bad or kind of not a great system, but it's the system that exists. And so for all you lieutenants and early captains out there, like seize, seize the day now, right? Like start trying to get, start trying to take steps to get strated now. Um, and it's a long, it's a long-term game that you're basically going to play up through your majors board. So when you say long-term game, uh, what's interesting if we're stratting people like every six months or so, right? Uh, at least, at least at Microsoft, this seems to have like led to your focus on all of your short-term gains. You want like to carry projects, one project or two over the line every six months, right? So that you can have that in your in your record and it, it, it makes it more difficult to focus on longer term goals and projects that might like might take a year and a half, but it's not going to have payoff until later. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm conscious, I'm conscious of when I accept a project relative to my OPR closeout date and stuff like that, or like when the strap boards meet. Yeah. Like I don't want to be, I don't want to be in the middle of a project Ideal, like ideally, right? And sometimes you just this, you can't really do anything about this. But ideally, I want to have my project be like wrapped up with it bearing fruit, and everybody's hyped about it like the day before the strat session, <laughs> right? Like, right? And you want to time that out so like so that that your squadron commander he fucking walks in there with like the biggest hard on for you that he could possibly have, right? That and you that's what you want, right? And, it, and if you're not thinking like this, like people are like oh that's not very team oriented, that's very calculating. Like you're, you're a simpleton and fuck you. That's how I feel about it. But the, um, um, like you, you, you operate within the system. Yeah. Um, this is the water you swim in. Right. So, uh, yeah. and like, if you, you don't want to abuse it, I guess is what I'm saying, but like you need to be aware of its existence and like, and then not run afoul of it. Is yeah. I guess what I'm saying. Like, so I think there's a difference between abusing it and being aware more from Vanity Fair. I was told in almost every review that the political game was always important for my career development, said Brian Cody, a former Microsoft engineer. It was always much more on let's work on the political game than on improving my actual performance. In the end, the stack ranking system crippled the ability uh, to innovate at Microsoft, executives said. I wanted to build a team of people who would work together and whose only focus would be on making great software, said Bill Hill, the former manager. But you just can't do that at Microsoft. So all of these companies are like backing away from this system because they have realized that it stifles their ability to, to operate and to execute, right? So, but the Air Force is like leaning into it uh, somewhat as like, we're in a yeah. very impersonal system, right? Like 
the only person who really knows you is like your most immediate supervisor and maybe like his supervisor if you're on his radar enough. Beyond that, they don't really know. So they've got to use this like quantification system as a proxy for quality, right? Um, yeah. Um, so there are... We can talk about specifically stratification and what what its negative externalities specific to the Air Force are that people often talk about. We can we can kind of go into that. So the first major one that people like to talk about is the halo and the horns effect. I mean, have you heard about that, Muff? Uh, from you, I, I've known it by you know from other me. terms. Okay. Yeah, like I haven't heard halos and horns specifically, but the. There's just like a momentum, right? I've, I definitely know the halo effect. Somebody looks awesome because they yeah, were yeah. awesome previously and they continue to just be awesome. So t talk to me about halo and horns. Yeah, so the horns is just the inverse of halo. But basically it's saying that there's a zero-sum game. The, the one-to-end stack ranking is zero-sum. And it's especially rigid at the top, the very top and the very bottom where because if you're at the if you're at the very top to move you down like they they have to move someone up they have to move someone else down so you basically get you basically once you've made it to the very top of the strat lists at, at a high enough tier or at a high enough level at a broad enough tier it becomes the presumption is that you're not going to get moved down unless there's a very good reason to like a very clear distinct reason like i think about it like uh rulings on the field when referees are making calls in sports right and they're looking at instant replay like they're not going to overrule the call on the field from replay unless there's a very clear instant replay uh picture that shows that the ruling on the field was wrong you got like, all things being equal if it's not you got a DUI, you had an unprofessional relationship with a student, things like that. That's boom, over. Yeah, or like had really aggressive failure or like IG complaints out the wazoo for like stuff that you were directly doing, right? Like you're not going to get pulled if you're, if you're at that like very tippy top, they're not going to fuck with you too much. Unless there's a very clear reason to do so. Um, the... Uh, and, and you get you get momentum behind you as a result of that, where like those guys, because they have those strats at the very top, it opens them up for opportunities. Like, say, school, like certain jobs, certain TDYs, right, like whatever, right, that in turn justify higher strats because they had those ones, right? So it becomes a circular process where because they had the high strat that gave them access to the stuff that other people didn't have access, you know, the opportunities that these other guys didn't have access to that um, justified their be remaining at the top because they can say like, oh, I worked for the, I worked for the general, you know, doing this and this at the Pentagon or whatever, which your average dude did not have the opportunity to be selected for that because you had to be like a top, two percent guy to be selected for that, that in the first that's place. like a, a snowball rolling downhill right 
Like it just gains momentum yeah. and it has more opportunity to pick up more snow and it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, larger surface area, picking up more and more and more and more snow, uh, et cetera. Whereas your tiny little snowball at the top, if it starts a little late, et cetera, is not going to have the same opportunity. Correct. Correct. Um, and same thing with horns. Like if you're too far down, like they're not going to, like if you're down at the bottom of the strat list for whatever reason, you're, you're not, you're going to have a hard time even breaking into the middle because you're just, you're perceived like, Oh, he's at the bottom. Like he's there for a reason. Right. Um, and that's, that's the halo and the horns thing where you can't dig, you, you can't do anything, but continue getting momentum at the top and you can't, and you're just kind of stuck in place at the bottom and the middle, there's some shuffling that can happen in the middle. They don't really care about it that much. Right. But like the, especially at the top and the bottom, you're, you're kind of frozen when you, you have mom, you have to have positive momentum at the top or you got negative momentum at the bottom. And, and that's just a, that's just a, that's just part of what goes on with this. Yeah. It's about, it's, it's almost like uh, sustained just reputation management, right? If your name is associated with these, you know, low strats or what, or even high strats, right. And the, then you're, you're on the, the tip of people's tongues and they're more likely to give you, you know, higher strats. It's, it's, it's not as, um, it's not as pure of a system as we might want it to be. It purports to be one thing well, based the- upon quality and like how, how well you have performed, but that is influenced by the history has nothing to do with like just this last year. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, uh, and that momentum is a bad thing because on, on either side, because it means like people that are maybe unfairly pushed down or, or are late bloomers, right. They find that their success can only go so high if at all. Right. And which, I mean, sure, maybe that's just what it is. And the people at the top can kind of ride their success to a certain extent, which is why you see so many like colonels and generals like doing like they get fired in spectacular ways. Like there's been so many stories from like War on the Rocks or JQP about about this, right? Um, Of like these really heinous commanders and stuff. It's like, how did they get there? It's like some of that's they they were riding momentum and we weren't actually we weren't accurately assessing their performance for like the whole back half of their career yeah. because they were just kind of coasting on all this, this halo, halo momentum. And in fact, their performance was dropping off either because they weren't talented enough for that anyway, or B they knew that they had momentum. And so they kind of got corrupt or lazy and it just kind of started dropping off. Right. Yeah. Because they become conscious of the fact that they have this, they have all this, this wind behind them. So that's uh that's kind of halos and horns. Uh, there's the other uh, big effect of the strat system and this competition amongst each other called the the Nellis effect, right? Uh, and that's yeah. basically where. So what happens is that Nellis tends to collect us the home of the fighter pilot, and the weapon school is there, and a myriad of other like kind of top tier Air Force programs. So it attracts a lot of top tier talent you've got to be talented to get there 
but now you're competing. Your immediate group is all the top tier people, and you're, they're all still being stratified, right, under the exact same rules and, of, of the system. And uh, so consequently, that going to Nellis can be uh, something of a death knell <laughs> for your career because, yeah, you were, you know, big fish in your formerly small pond, but now you're in a in a pond full of nothing but piranhas and killers and the, you know, the best people in the business, supposedly, and you're nobody anymore. And so now that the, the wing exec, some podunk, podunk wing somewhere is getting tagged to go to school and uh, you as this top tier pilot and instructor and, you know, potentially leader are now number 45 of 55 of, you know, instructors at the Wepta School, for instance. And that doesn't look good at all because people will see 45 slash 55 and you are hoping that they continue to read from there and process that, like give bonus points for the fact that you were uh, a guy at Nellis, right? Um, and this is so well known that it's called the Nellis effect. Well, and then and doesn't that lead to what we were talking about earlier, where we don't we don't want to they, they don't want to work together, and in fact, like function the functionals will try to spread these guys out so that they're not working on the same projects together at different bases, right? So like our top talent is diffused rather than brought together. Yes. Um... Like the phrase you hear is like you don't want your number ones fragging each other out. That's a phrase I've heard quite a quite a bit. Like we don't want to PCS too many number ones into the squadron because they will frag each other. Yeah. Um, outcomes uh, from this process were never predictable. Um, but e even so, employees in certain divisions at Microsoft were given what were known as management business objectives, which were essentially the expectations for what they would accomplish in a particular year. But even achieving every Management business objective was no guarantee of receiving a high ranking since some other employees could exceed the ex assigned performance. As a result, Microsoft employees not only tried to do a good job, but also worked hard to make sure their colleagues did not. <laughs> and you'd, so you end up not wanting to work with uh, all of the top tier talent because they are going to reduce your, your relative shininess compared to their shininess is what matters. Not the, not the, the sheer quantity or the quality of your shine, but the relative shine. Well, and, uh, one, one point I would make too, is like, this is not like the, just the system, right? Like the system encourages this, but like, it, like there's always like a political sniping thing that happens in the military, like any organization like this, like that's just going to happen. Yeah. The goal is to not exacerbate it with the system. Right. And to try to lessen it, like increase teamwork, not decrease teamwork um, by the system that we create. For example, if you ever watch the movie, the battle of Britain, the, the big wing guy and the little wing guys, there was two spitfire or, you know, fighter generals in uh in in the uk during the during the battle of britain who had two different theories on how they wanted to 
take on the Luftwaffe. Okay. One wanted to send up smaller squadrons in a reactive way and, and do so immediately every time they were, you know, and just send up whoever they could get and react immediately, but within smaller groups. And so you would you would harass and drive them away, but you wouldn't annihilate them, the, Luf, the Luftwaffe forces. Whereas the other guy wanted to take the time to assemble what he called the big wing, which is like hundreds of aircraft and just come down on the Luftwaffe, which meant and, and annihilate them, which meant you were going to miss them a couple of times because like in the time that it took to assemble the, the big wing, they would get in, get out, do their business. And they would. Be, but if you if you got them even just one time, you would destroy them. Right. So that and so you would just end the war. Right. So you would you would take you would you would take on the chin, missing them a couple of times, letting them get away. Without And so these guys had different theories about how to deal with this. And the point is they would go in front of their boss and just fucking shit on each other, like in the middle of their an existential conflict for their nation and right, like try to fuck each other over and not give each other resources and deliberately trying to sabotage and, and mess with each other the whole fucking time. Right. Because they wanted to be the ones that solved the problem and receive the glory of it. Right. In, in the middle of like their country on the precipice of being conquered by Germany, right? They, they were still worried about this political battle and still doing it, right? So, like, this shit runs deep. It's not because of strats, like the Nellis effect or anything like that. But I think the stratification system exacerbates a natural human tendency rather than softens it or leavens it. Yeah, we have codified it. Like, we have made it. Yeah, we've made that thing, like, it's it's institutionalized. It's Correct. not just, like, human beings naturally doing this. It's institutionalized on top of our natural desire. All right. So some people uh, have, like, they, they see this. This, this is not a, uh, a problem unbeknownst to senior leadership, right? Uh, I think they just don't know how to achieve the actual effect. Because, like I said, when you make a change, you change the... Uh, the response from the people that that affects alters, right? And it's a new new rule in the game, and you all just maneuver around that rule to try and you know basically achieve the exact same outcome at the end, right? Um, it's all about competing with your peers and the people you know immediately close to you that you work with. Whether you make it a more nepotistic system or a more codified, like data-driven analysis type of type of system. Um, famously, there was the Colonel Ned Stark, who was writing, I think, for War on the Rocks, who did like three or four articles about the uh, high-performing officer system. Came out to be a, a colonel who benefited from that program. And uh, his name was Jason Lamb, I think. And then, if I recall correctly, he, he got out after writing these articles. He was asked uh, the chief of staff was like hey come work for me um and i think in the end he was just like nah <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna bounce so the, the people understand that this system exists and some people try to solve it in their like their own little realm right uh one example of that being the former holloman wing commander uh now technically two two wing commanders ago is a uh, a guy near and dear to many RPA guys' hearts, uh, a guy named Knuckles Campo. And from the summer of 2018 to the summer of 2020, he was the Holloman Wing Commander. And he had a paper uh, that he wrote. I think it was a page or two long. Uh, basically said that his, 
his underlying premise, uh, to paraphrase an Eddie Murphy stand-up bit, is what have you done for me lately, right? Um, he was not that interested in all of your prior strats and anything that was like basically older than two years ago, right? For, for his, what he was looking at. He wants to know, how have you been crushing it lately? And you know, we would build his strat systems based upon that. So trying to, he's aware of this halo effect that exists and he's trying to reduce that to some degree, right? But this is one guy in one wing uh, that has at most 4,000-ish total personnel inside of a system that has 400,000 active duty personnel, right? Uh, how effective... Oh, you're stealing my point, Muff. How, how effective do you think this paper was? <laughs> Thanks for stealing my point. Did I? The whole thing? Um, well... Because uh, remember, like when you showed this to me many moons ago, at the dawn of the the second age, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you were like, "Isn't this a great paper?" And I was shitting on it. Yeah. Uh, with the exact point you're leading into right now, so I'm going to take all the credit because I'm awesome and I need to I need to make my superiors look great. So I'm going to take all the credit here. I'm not in your chain of command. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, this is my idea, you fuck. Anyway, the, um, the, <laughs> to answer your question, um, so I really like the, the, the sentiment, if you would, right? And like you said, he's trying to get away from the halo effect. Really, it's a, it's a problem of merit mobility, right? And at a certain point, like your merit starts to get frozen, based on like this whole record that you've built. Yeah. It's like, like we said earlier, it's kind of calcifies at the top. Yeah. It's ossified. It's calcified. I like the calcified word there that you use. I'll give you points for that. Um, <laughs> the, uh, um, right. And so he's trying to basically say like, Hey, I don't care about your stuff two years prior, you know, prior to two years ago, we're just going to look at what you've done recently. And we're going to strat you there. Now it's a great idea. I appreciate the sentiment. It won't work, and he and it, it and it's because of the reason you alluded to is that the the air force as a whole is much larger, and so you have to think about really what a colonel or a general at some point is doing with the stratifications and what they mean to him, and really, you're stratting your people and your best people who you've had the most influence on, right? Who presumably reflect your mindset priorities orientation, philosophy to the greatest degree possible, as opposed to people you didn't interact with and didn't command. Right. Yeah. And you want those people to go as high and as far into the ranks of the air force as possible so that your ideas, much like a sort of, you know, passing on your genetics, if you would, Right, are being is being passed on into the future generations of the Air Force, into the genetics and the evolution of the Air Force as it goes forward to the maximum extent possible. Now, if the rest of the Air Force is not doing this whole like I don't care about what you did two years ago thing and is not looking at it like that, 
And they're putting up officers that have been like number ones from lieutenant all the way through lieutenant colonel, right? And your guys who have that, as soon as they go on your command, you're like looking at him like, hey, I'm going to bump him down and bump this guy down. It's just going to get really messy and fluid. You're making them non-competitive with people outside of your your level in your tier. Yeah, or, or your wing. In this and they're going to right? lose out, right? You're essentially you're essentially undermining your own Air Force genetics because you're not speaking the evolutionary language of the rest of the Air Force anymore. Yeah, you're right? the so, you're the random mutation that has occurred that might like has a very low chance of well, and won't success and won't. Well, in, lower in, in, chance of success. Yes, well, in our system, it is exceptionally unlikely. But it's like the first guy that developed a web foot. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm that, just saying, that like, gene dies well, out. But, yeah, but this these mutations are hurting chances of survival in this case, right? Because your your records are not as good. There's more variability. Yeah, and, and they're not in line with the atmosphere or the environment that you're operating in. Yeah, you're you're fucking with your top guys' records more than other wings are, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so unless unless there is a big directive to do this from top down, like up above the wing level, above all these things, like for the entire Air Force to say, we're not going to look we're not going to we're not going to look at the history beyond two years. Right. Fuck it. It's out. Right. Like we don't care. Um, or we're going to mask everybody's previous strats or, or whatever. Right. Like, I don't know what it would actually look like, but. Maybe get rid of the PRF. The only thing that goes up is your last three OPRs. Yeah, or something, right? To promotion but, boards and things like that, yeah. Or we just don't have strats, right? Like, you have to actually, like, read the lines right. and decide. But the, so um, so what, what other options are there? Like, I know you've got, you've got some history here, so let's hear some of that. Well, before we go there, the last point I wanted to make about, like, this whole thing with stratification is itself before we talk about like other options i think i mentioned this earlier but it's the current it's the currency of the realm which is like it's how you get paid right uh because everybody is getting paid the same amount like two captains i'm getting paid the same amount as a lazy captain who does like the bare minimum is not a instructor, right? At least for now until promotions and, and they, they pay you in glory, right? Which is your phrase. So I'll give you credit for that, but they pay you in glory. They pay you in stratification. And it's the, it's the, it's the primary method of payment that you get for doing a good job, right? Cause everything else, all the benefits, all the, the actual money, like that's already given to you up front for just not, for just being in the air force at a, at a given rank. It's almost like a, um, it's almost like a communist system where, you know, to each according to his needs, right? We all have these paychecks and whether I work a lot or a little, I am still getting the same benefits. So everybody's like, well, why am I working more? So they have to come up with some other means of motivating, motivating you or paying you is what you're getting at. Right. Well, yes. Yeah. And if they cannot give you a strat, then, then, and if you can't achieve that strat because, say, you have too little momentum or you already have a ton, there's not a lot of moment. There's not a lot of motivation to change what you're doing, right? So, because there's like there's a there's a 
it's not as flexible as we would like it to be. Um, you can't just move people around in the same way that there has to be justification for moving people down um, from the tip top and they have all that momentum. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's highly demotivating for anybody who's trying to actually accrue that currency. Right. Is all I'm saying. And as well, like unlike a company, the air force can't just fire you. Right. And you can't just quit. Right. So, right. Like if you were, if you knew that you were being stratted really low in a company and like, you didn't like that and you thought that was unfair or like that you deserve to be stratted better. It could do like, you could walk away, right? You could be like, I quit. Here's my two weeks notice. See you dude. And I'm going to go roll the dice somewhere else. And you know, if, if this was, you know, and then we'll, we'll let, we'll let the gods decide, right? Like we'll, whether you were wrong or I was wrong. Right. But you could, you have that option in the air force. You don't, you're kind of like, it is what it is until your commitment comes up. Um, and so it's kind of a brutal, it's kind of, it's kind of a brutal way of locking in your value at a certain point, um, unless you're at the very top. Um, and it's, I think it's really frustrating, even from like the upper middle, trying to break into that HPO top track yeah. is, is, is incredibly frustrating. And then like, even, even, and then all the way down from there. So I'm like, unless you're at the very top, it's very frustrating trying to get up into that stuff and, and do that. Um, and you can't, and you don't have the option to walk away. And, and it's, and the last thing that I will say is that it's just a number, it's a number, right? So like all of this value is being compressed into a, a digit, right? Or digits, right? Some numerals simply say this person is better. However, you know, however defined than, than the other people. Right? But especially when we're talking about broader categories like CGO or captain or like officer year group, officers, uh, officership's complex. It has all kinds of different dimensions and variables like some are technically gifted, some are good communicators, some are good managers, some have vision, right? Like or whatever, right? Like there's all kinds of different things. And, and we have to just distill all that down and be like this one person is better than this person. And then and we're not saying anything more than that. Um, and it takes a village, but we're, we're forcing people with different traits and different value to the organization to be like pretty like brutally to compete with each other on the same scale. And I don't know. I think, I think some people are better at some things than others, and they both provide a lot of value in different ways in a lot of cases. Um, and this, the stratification system kind of like just bulldozes over the, the sensitivities of that perception. Yeah. It's a, it's a horrendously lossy compression algorithm. Take all this stuff and yes. boil it down into, into one deal and you I lose like all that other information. Right. So, um, wow. that's a great point. I love that lossy. It's a great, that's a great description. <laughs> the, so what, what are the, some of the other options, uh, that have been, that existed in the past? Yeah, I mentioned it before. You've got your, you've got your seniority based and your commander's discretion based, um, and this was an attempt to like make a more fair, make it more fair across the board, but still have merit be a part of it. And frankly, I think it's just the worst of both worlds from uh, your your seniority based and your your commander's discretion based 
because um, you, you kind of have the momentum of the senior uh, at a certain point people have the momentum of the seniority based systems right like it's just like this guy is the guy and it's like really hard to unseat him right just as much as it would be if he's just older than you right it's like hard to deal with that reality right so you, you end up at a certain point where that's going on in the same way however hopefully that was set that's set early on so based on merit at some point in the eyes of someone right so it's not just based off age but like it gets set and then it just exists right so it's not being re reinterpreted right so they're just they just have momentum much like the seniority system and you still have the nepotism that's feared in the commander's discretion system because that's ultimately the the, the strat Although it has some inputs like awards and upgrades and things like that, the stratification is ultimately the commander says you are number one and these other guys are number two, three, right? Or you're number three and these other guys, these other two guys are above you, right? I and which is really just a statement of I like this guy better for whatever reason. That's like you said, it's it's uh, it's hidden behind the number, it's lossy, like the reasoning behind it is, but it's just a I value this person more. For, for, for an unstated reason, I value this person more. Maybe that reason's good. Maybe that reason's bad. But that's what the strats. It could be that as a commander, I really value uh, tactical competence right now because I'm balls deep in, you know, some complex operation. So I need that. And like, yeah, these other guys that aren't as tactically competent, uh, well, like they're, they're pretty good at some other stuff. But the, the, the number one thing I'm looking for right now, they don't have. Yeah. Yeah. And right. And then they, they can maybe build a bunch of momentum off of this initial tactical competency that was valued early on. But that might not be the most important thing later on as an FGO and beyond and, and, and a higher tier FGO. Right. Right. Um, it's certainly not, actually. <laughs> I mean, you start as like how, this how, tactical how, competent guy that, uh, you know, you do a, you know average job as a flight commander, et cetera, but you're, you're building this reputation. And by the time you get to Colonel where it's like tactics aren't important, you know, your turns out your organizational management is dog shit <laughs> and uh, you, you get fired. Yeah. What do they say about the, what is that one thing? The um, people rise to the level of their incompetency. Yeah. It's called the, right? the Peter it's, principle. Yeah. I hate that. It's, it's, it's terrible, right? Like there it's, it's true in one sense and like, yes, that does happen, but the, the reverse happens too. Like, right. There might be people that are not as tactically proficient, maybe not as good as a Lieutenant, but are actually pretty good at like being an organizational leader and being creative. And some of this, as the skill sets change and the, the values change of what's valued in different positions as you move up, Right. It's not it's not this linear pyramid scheme that people make make it out to be. Right. Like it's much messier with people kind of coming into their own and people tapering off. Sometimes people are just fucking rocket ships. Right. And they are just amazing all the way up and over. Right. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes people are just bad and like lower performers across the board. But I think in the middle, you get all kinds of messy stuff where people peter off or or late bloom. And that's not caught by the stratification system as well. And at a certain point you get you get left behind. Or you get or your incompetency is not caught. 
until it's until it's too late. Like your incompetency is buttressed for a very long time. Um, so you have this system has the ne- has the nepotism of commander's discretion, and it has the uh, the momentum of the seniority based systems that were the two historical models we've talked about. So if it has the worst of both worlds, it kind of asks me like, what are we really doing here, folks? Right. Like um, we've taken the ability, the seniority system I think is terrible, like just across the board. It's really fair, but it kind of sucks for everybody is demotivating. And the commander's discretion system is messy and opens itself up to charges of favoritism and nepotism and all this other stuff. Right. Um, but we have that already. It's just been like diffused into a bureaucracy, into a, a, a system that looks at your record over a long period of time and your record builds momentum, takes on a life of its own. And then and then the commanders can't even do anything about it anymore. Like they can't even take you down or move other people up. Right. So we're left in a position where unlike a civilian company can just say like, hey, I like this person. He's really been working, you know, providing incredible value, making the products, you know, whatever, completing the projects in the last year. He's the guy that we need to promote to, like, lead these projects going forward. I don't give a fuck what he did in the previous five years. Right. Like, it was good enough. But, like, this is the guy we need now. Right. Like, we we don't have that ability anymore because we've we've diffused and divigated the responsibility of the commanders to, to, or the ability of the commanders to, and the authority of the commanders to pick the right guy to move up, is gone. It's pro. It's a. It's a process. It's a larger process of removing imperium from commanders. And imperium is a Roman concept from like the ancient republic, the ancient Roman Republic, and the early Empire, where basically the way that they got around this stuff is they would say, "All right, this." general roman general you have this legion you know these legions or whatever you have imperium over these legions so it's like specified domain of authority and imperium means you can do whatever the hell you need to do to be successful and you have complete legal authority to do whatever you think is necessary to do right that's execute people do like anything anything right and they just gave them like like full power over their domain yeah. said go forth and conquer and if they and if they were not successful they got fired and you know exiled and removed and stuff right somebody had imperium over them would execute them <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but right like so they were incentivized to pick the best people to go do the shit right because if they weren't successful, they got chopped, they got chopped, right? Like either fired, put out to pasture, or even executed, right? Like you said. Um, and like we've been seeing we've seen this in general with commanders, right? Like with the removal of legal authority, right? To like treat sexual assault, to select school selects, right? Like you've heard about golden tickets for school selects. Yeah. Right. Like golden tickets, golden tickets have been removed. It's so like the ability of wing commanders to just like pick. A, certain, a small number of people outside of the promotion process to get selected for school based on wing commander fiat that's gone now it's all to the system um commanders don't pick 
the, the ability of commanders to punish has been greatly diminished, right? Um, there's there's a there's a removal of Imperium away from command, away from commanders to, in, into just a system in the effort to be fair. But I think um, at the end of the day, the best system for all its messiness is to just let commanders pick and then judge the commanders on the quality of their picks. And if they, if they choose poorly, you, you fire that commander. Right. And like, he doesn't go, he doesn't go higher. Right. Like it depends. Right. Um, But I don't think there's really any getting around, getting around this question of Imperium. Um, I mean, this is, this is the this is the system that human beings have operated in for, you know, a million years, <laughs> right? And, All the way and back to Imperium tribes. is really well. And with respect to promotions, it is the it is the system that all companies use almost everywhere in the United States, like that are worth their salt. Like Google execs can just pick someone for a promotion, right? They can just be like, "This guy is the guy that we need." Right. I, at least I think so. Yeah. And of certainly course. in a lot of companies, yeah, of in a lot of companies, like the owner of the company does not have to justify to anybody but himself who he chooses to be his manager. Right. So he just picks the best, the owner of the company just picks the best person. Right. And we're not looking at like, he doesn't have to, con- he doesn't have to justify beyond like, like across the person's performance as a whole. You can just be, this is the guy that I need. The best person for the job, the guy that I need, no questions asked, this is who I'm picking. Because the owner of the company has full authority to do that, right? In a private um, company, yes, he can do whatever he wants. If public companies are going to have a board and then there's like 10 people that, you know, have to kind of come to an agreement. And, you know, I'm sure Mark Zuckerberg could just be like, go fuck yourselves. I'm the president of the board, we're taking this guy. You know what I mean? But, but there's a, another level of bureaucracy that it's added. Yeah, but even that board is just deciding who's the best person, right? They're not necessarily looking at the best person through the lens of like this record that has a momentum of itself and a life of itself almost, right? Um, It's just like, who is the best person for this job, right? And like, you cannot pick certain people for things, as I alluded to earlier in the Air Force, because they don't have the strats for it, right? And they don't have the thing, right? So they're... Those things are all closed. To, opportunities are closed to them. Well, I mean, so Amazon recently, uh, Jeff Bezos stepped down, right? But it's not like he went to some random software engineer on his AWS team and said, okay, you get to be the new CEO because I think you've got what it takes. Like, he definitely chose his, like, chief technical officer at AWS to be the new CEO, right? So there, there is still, like, a pyramid that needs to be climbed, um, and so it's, it's, it's still kind of happening. The, yeah, but what I'm saying is that people are choosing. Yes. And in this case, the way that we do it, a bureaucracy, a bureaucracy chooses a record, right? You know, that's what they say, right? Like your record gets promoted, not you. Yeah. And that's the problem. That's the problem. You need, you need to promote a person, not a record. And the record is like, a, is a part of the person. You're trying to remove the humanity. Yeah, and and the and the freedom to basically of of, peop, of the people, the authority of people to say like, hey, 
I don't think the system is correct. Like this guy is not as good as his record suggests, or this guy is better than his record suggests, and we need to do something about it. But there's no, there's less, there's no freedom to to deal with that, right? And that's the that's the part that's 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 kind of terrifying about the strat system, is that it kind of just it kind of just goes on its own without without human beings controlling the process, human beings selecting other human beings, and we've tried to we've tried to bureaucratize it and systematize it to make it more fair. But the reality is, is that it's, it's a it's a human process of human beings picking other human beings, and there's no way of getting around that. There's no way of getting around that without creating metastasizing into some weird, nasty thing that doesn't really work. That in fact has the worst qualities of the worst systems combined with none of the benefits, right? Like the, the system that we have right now has the negative qualities of the seniority system with momentum with the nepotism of the stratification that is feared in the Imperium slash commander's discretion system. And it, like I said earlier, at least he's like, what the fuck are we doing here, guys? Like, le like, let's just, let's just pick a system then at this point, right? Like we're, pre we're pretending to be fair, but it's not really working in the way that we think it is, right? Like we don't have the ability to grab the best people and move them to the right places. Like we really thought we would. Right? We're, we're giving people too much positive or negative momentum in general. Like they, people have to earn that shit and then they have to be selected by a human being as a human being for promotion to whatever the next tier is. Right. So, yeah, I think you're right. Like no one's going to, you know, promote the next two star from the ranks of the lieutenants. Right. But right. like human beings need to select human beings and like have that ultimate backstop of like i this is the right person and i'm putting my reputation on the line that this is the person we need and that could be a person who doesn't have the record but like you you're willing to bet bet on it right that this person is the guy or this or it could be like i'm passing this guy up because i his record is good but i don't think he's the right he has the right stuff for this and i don't you know maybe he's a scummer or whatever right and like and i'm gonna i'm gonna bet on that right and then that's and and that human authority that human calculus that that imperium is all about there's no escaping that i feel like i, th I feel like you just we just need to commit to that and, and that's or at least some form that is more close to that um because whatever we're doing now is this real grotesque monster that is difficult to control and leaves a lot of people dissatisfied and makes our makes our lower performers more demotivated and it demotivates our top performers once they already have once they already have the momentum, and that's not what we want. So I agree. Uh, we have bureaucratized a a human system, and it feels yeah. gross to the vast majority of us, right? Because we we understand that these very human aspects are still the undercurrent that make up the yeah. the, the water that yeah. we're swimming in, but we've we've tried to mask it with all of this additional layer of stuff um and if we just went to a simpler like more bald-faced human-centered system yes. uh everybody would yes. be happier and potentially like they would understand that system better right uh but you got to stop trapping pilots for 10 years of uh commitment because <laughs> because then they're over the halfway point and then they're just stuck um for financial reasons more than anything else um 
Awesome. Uh, I think that about covers it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, no, I, I, I like I like that wrap up there. That was nice. Well put. I like uh, well I like that we've been able to hit this up uh, over signal or basically remotely, right? Um, this will just be a skill set uh, that we need to capitalize on more in the future. So, Yogi, I think we're we're good. Why don't you take us out? See ya.